On this week's show, it's four out of four for the Irish provinces in Europe. But we're still struggling for viewers because we're competing with Simon Zebo's live broadcast of his wife's labour. It's Saracens catfish racing by starting their straight-legged lunch lady at fullback. <laughs> Donegal Ryan gets sunburnt at the indoor racing stadium. I'm sweating profusely. Joe presents Baz and Andrew's House of Rugby, together with Guinness. Hello and you're very welcome to Baz and Andrew's House of Rugby here on Joe, together with Guinness. Round one of the Champions Cup over and done with four Irish provinces, four wins, two away from home, two home. Uh, really, really good results across the board. Um, Trimby, cold day today in Ireland. Christmassy feeling about it. Frosty start, yeah. yeah. Um, I had to do the old uh, kettle trick this morning on yeah. the windscreen. And then whenever I got to the train station, I had a decision to make. <laughs> I was like, I'm not taking the scooter out on a day like that. Trimby has a scooter, one of these little electric uh, scooters. One of these cool scooters. Yeah. You can say it. Yeah. He got he got pulled by the cops last <laughs> week yeah. for driving down the Lewis line. Yeah. He says uh, this, this guard had two young guards in the back and he was showing off. <laughs> <laughs> he pulled me over and he goes, um, you've no helmet. You've no insurance, you've no tax, and you're scooting on a loose line. <laughs> I just Where are you supposed out. to have your tax insurance? Like here. Yeah, he, how do you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, you're right. You're right. stuck in your forehead. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you don't helmet either. So yeah. do you need a license for that? Apparently. I thought it was different down here. I thought that was the case up north anyway. But you, so you, you left it at home? Uh, yeah, oh, I left the scooter. Yeah, it's not. It's it was too frosty. It's not scooter season. I've mm. lost my bike twice recently, mm. and the scooter. I've been one hundred percent. A little bit safer. If you're only yeah, that far off the ground, so it's a little bit safer, right? No, I think scooter could be worse. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> I'd be looking to hit you if I if I saw you in your scooter. You would look. You would hit just a little nudge, like. Hold on, because you know me, and you'd think, oh, it's trimby. It'll be a bit cracked. <laughs> or you mean <laughs> something if you're about the scooters? I'm like, fuck that guy. <laughs> Give me a little bit of a nudge. Uh, it was frosty in Limerick, and. Uh, when I was leaving, I had to do the frost thing as well. I was, I was late leaving, so I had to run back in. And you're panicking, obviously. Yeah. Um, and then you bring, end up bringing the pot and pan with you in the car and everything. Like, you um, put it in the pot? Yeah. Why I, should I go kettle? Because <laughs> my, my hot water in my sink is really hot. So I just okay, yeah, I didn't yeah. boil the kettle, oh, yeah. so I just blasted it. But it reminded me of Mike Prendergast was late for training back in the day in Munster. And uh, he got out to realise that he needed to defrost the windows. Looked at his watch, didn't re- realise he had no time. So just said he'd get into the car and try and do the head out the window. <laughs> <laughs> he couldn't get the window down because it was frozen. <laughs> he, he decided that he would drive by memory for the first <laughs> for the first two minutes until he got like he stuck on the wipers. So I think he just reversed and so one of his neighbours had left the car outside the house and he just reversed <laughs> straight back into his neighbour's car. <laughs> one of many Mike Prendergastisms. Um, I think we, we should do that weekly, actually. He's got some golden ones. <laughs> yeah, let's get him on. Yeah. Uh, did you go again? Uh, yeah, I was over in Bath at the Ulster <clears throat> game. Um, what a result. Yeah. Yeah, big, yeah, big result. Um, they... They can get a lot better though, mm. but it was just, it was a bit they, they ground out a result. They didn't play that well, but well enough to get the result in the rack, which is yeah tough place to go. Yeah, fair team. enough. And you were co-coms, co-coms, yeah, with Ben Kay and uh, Nick Mullins, lovely guy, Nick Mullins, same Ben Kay, and yeah. then um, Martin um, Bayfield. He's very side. good, brilliant. Mm. Those guys are pros. Yeah. It's it should be a step up. It's higher profile, but they're such pros. It's so relaxed. It was brilliant. Mm. And you know who I met? I met Tim from Egg Chasers. 
Oh, can we? Yeah. 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 Love that. Um, I just heard him chatting a bit. And I was like, that sounds familiar. Yeah. What was he like? Sound. Sound. Yeah. Yeah. And he gave me a shout out at Night Chasers. So he gave me one. Uh-huh. Although he didn't mention our podcast. Well, maybe we'll know. Yeah, we can blank it out. Yeah. <clears throat> Ours is a better name, I think. Egg Chaser is confusing. It's it's like, I don't know, it seems so nerdy. It's like uh, the Big Bang Theory. That's what I think of when I hear it. Oh, really? Yes, yeah. yes, fair yeah. enough, yeah. I did co-coms in, oh, yeah. in uh, Wales for the Monster Ospreys game yeah. with Don O'Sullivan from uh, uh, 95FM and Virgin Media, who's very good, uh, taught me a lot. Actually, it was my first co-coms in 13 years. Would you yeah. Um, uh, hiatus. Yeah. It's good crack. We went over Friday, had a few pints. Don doesn't drink. Uh-huh. He does now. <laughs> <laughs> Twisted his arms. So, uh, it's good crack, yeah. We kind of mingled around Swans- Swansea. is a lovely city. Had some mulled wine, a few pints. Yeah. Good crack. Yeah. Then good laugh at the game. So hold on, it was, uh, it was for radio then, radio comms. Mm. Yeah. So the thing about radio comms is there's no right answer. <laughs> you make up your own reality. Yeah. Like, they'll take your word for it. Just don't listener. stop talking. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, prove it. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm right because I say I'm right. Tom was saying that there's some people that uh, that watch the telly and turn on the radio. They're marginal. Is, They're not. Yeah. That's not. So it. I was picturing them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, And then uh, I watched, um, finished off the weekend by watching uh, I'm a Celebrity last night. I think this could be a theme for us. Oh, go away. Yeah. Okay, I recorded it because I thought you might. Yeah. I didn't watch it. Yeah, Haskell's obviously in there. Yeah. Uh, Nadine Coyle. Mm. Uh, and then Andrew Maxwell, the Irish comedian. Do you know much about him? Yeah. How did he manage to get in there? He was grand. He didn't have much to do in that first episode. He's great. Yeah. Uh, Nadine Coyle, though, is getting hammered for her accent. <laughs> <laughs> hammered. It's ridiculous. Uh, there's just a... It's, um, Flair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Flair. Or yeah. What? It's slightly American now as well, though. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she was chatting to Caitlyn Jenner, and the two of them were... Um, Caitlyn Jenner's on as well. The two of them were getting in the helicopter. Brilliant. And she's been in Australia... <laughs> great sentence. Yeah. <laughs> she's been in Australia five minutes. And she's and I, I was in the kitchen, and Alan was watching it. I just heard this. I'm sweating profusely. (laughs) (laughs) I looked and she had this beetroot red face. And then she's like, I feel sick. (laughs) I was like, she's she's got heat stroke. She's only been there five minutes. Hasn't even got into the jungle. I was like, I'm going to watch this. (laughs) She's not going to last long. She won't like, because she just gets lashed with spiders and stuff like that. And that's slapping them in the face with snakes yeah oh yeah yeah so it's their job is to make her as uncomfortable as possible yeah i'd say so i I was thinking um i was thinking um fla's role on this show is a little bit like uh he's kind of out you know a little bit out of his comfort zone um and he this is almost like the jungle for him and every time he comes on he does a bush tugger trial every single week (laughs) (laughs) are we anton dick yeah yeah we're way stupider than anton dick when it comes to rugby he's like i'm a coach i don't want to be sitting on this (laughs) (laughs) talking rubbish with you two morons (laughs) and every week we're like we should we should have like a something we can pull on that releases slime (laughs) on him every week or something so yeah he's uh he, he's the he's the James Haskell of our show, I think. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he'd love that. He will, yeah. He'll not like giving Haskell too much profile. No. Let's get him out. Flaz just arrived. I can hear him uh, mouthing off in the background. We've got a lot of uh, Pro 14, or sorry, we've got a lot of Champion Cups to talk about. Got uh, the weekend ahead uh, for all the Irish provinces. And a little bit of chat on Saracens as well uh, with their decision not to... Uh, 
lodge an appeal against They had us all fooled, didn't they? Yeah. yeah. Catfished us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Let's get Jerry Fannery on. You're listening to Baz and Andrew's House of Rugby on Joe, together with Guinness. All right, welcome to the show, Flat. Uh, Trimby just compared you to James Haskell on uh, I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here. Yeah, I think you're too good for us trying here, do you? <laughs> no, you said that. <laughs> yeah, I presume you're not too happy with that, are you? Uh, I, don't see, I don't see the resemblance. Could you do something like I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here? Uh, I don't think so, no. There's an Irish equivalent. Where would they send you? <laughs> Bodavant. Um, Ackle Island. No, I couldn't do it. I just get too cranky. Would I you? get too cranky without the with food. Without the food, like Greg O'Shea was saying, how they they sometimes. You remember when we were asking when he was on the live show, he was saying about Love Island that they would <clears throat> deliberately like reduce the amount of sleep they had, so it'd be like really, really everyone would be quite tense the next day, and that no, wouldn't work for me. Yeah, um, I think Haskell, we're gonna see, he's gonna get hangry. Yeah, he was giving out about I think that just on Instagram. Yeah, I think we're gonna get to see the real Haskell. She's gonna be brilliant. I think. Mm. Be, uh, uh, like the equivalent, the jungle equivalent of he squirted water in the face. Because <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> <laughs> we were chatting uh, last weekend at Rory's testimonial. Nick Knowles was there. You know Nick Knowles, mm. the DIY guy. He did the jungle last time. And uh, Anna again goes to him, Jimmy Nesbitt. Um, Jimmy, what's his name? That's Nick Knowles. Like, as if she was impressed with Nick Knowles, and Nesbitt's like, I'm, I'm a big deal. Yeah. Uh, because she loves, uh, I'm a celebrity, I'm out of here. We're chatting to him, and Nick Knowles reckons he's, he's not going to survive. Like, after a few days of being um, starved, he's going to be miserable. He said it's really, really bad. Like, you get so few calories. Yeah. And then Haskell was talking about how typically he would have 4,000 calories a day. <laughs> Yeah, he's in trouble. Yeah, it's gonna be hilarious. He could shed a bit of weight though, couldn't he? Get a bit, a bit, a bit lean. He has, he has lost a lot. I think he said he, I think he, he was losing weight since he's retired because obviously he doesn't need to be as big anymore. Mm. So, but I, I get what you mean. He suddenly someone stops feeding you when you're so used to regular feeding. Yeah, he's gonna lose the rag. Mm. All right, let's let's get let's jump into the Champions uh, Cup. Bad results, so you touched on it there. You felt they can get a lot better, Ulster. Um, they, yeah. they did well. I think um, they did well. They dug in and they showed a lot of character. They didn't have that much ball, but they were pretty clinical whenever they turned, turned the ball over. Um, they just couldn't hold on to it, really. They looked dangerous in their face play. It looked really good. Set piece was really good. Um, a little bit of a concern. Marty Moore going off, and then Jack McGraw went off early with his thumb mm. again. Eric Sullivan came on and did exactly what he did all of last year, to be fair. And Al O'Connor uh, came on for Sam Carter. Mm. Brilliant. Sam Carter looked looked pretty bad going off, didn't mm. he? Yeah. Did just like a shoulder yeah. or maybe an AC or something? Yeah, it mm. looked like it all right. What's so funny about that? No, there's nothing <laughs> funny about it. I just, just thought it was... Yeah, it looked bad, <clears throat> I thought. Um, Robbie Little went off as well. Probably, you'd imagine, Craig Gilroy will probably get involved next week. Mm. But where's, yeah, Where's Balakoon now? Um, he'd be in the mix as well, mm. but decent bit of competition now. Yeah, he could did you play with Rob Little? Do you, was he around much when you were there? I don't. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Overlap. He's How great. old is he? Um, might be twenty-one. Is that all? Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Good fella. Yeah. Funny. Good crack. Did you see? For obviously you saw it, the Troy. Uh, the Troy when the bat, the for Little's Troy, the 
Ulster took the ball, looking to move the ball to the edge, and the I think Freddie Burns is down injured, uh-huh. and the the Bath physio is kind of standing yes. in the defensive line, well played, yeah. like kind of <laughs> facing the wrong way. Is it like he was trying to show that he was a body? It looked like he was trying to be a body yeah. in the defensive line to discourage Ulster to sling it. Ulster slung slung the ball out like directly almost at him. He just kind of just shuffled out of the yeah. way. But uh, I was like, yeah, was no, it was cheeky, clever. Yeah, cheeky. yeah, like that scene in uh, Waterboy when. Uh, Waterboy's doing so well and then the news reports is like <laughs> other teams in Louisiana have <laughs> tried to emulate what the Waterboy's done like this university have used their towel boy <laughs> he just gets fucking cut in half he's about eight stone um, <coughs> I, I, I agree with you I thought um, I thought in terms of the, 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 the scrum penalty the one at the very end with having Tom O'Toole on and Erica Sullivan, like two young, young props. Yeah. And that was a massive turnover. They stood up well, didn't they? Yeah, I, I kind of... That's I, a strong bass scrum as well. They yeah. hammered Northampton last week. I, I felt that... I, I would agree. It was it, it kind of felt like a smash and grab from Ulster, you know? Like yeah. they were down a lot of bodies to go over, to go away. First game in Europe. They showed massive character, massive character. And they just hung in there like Cooney's try was opportunist. And it was just basically bat owning the ball, moving it left and right. And whenever they got... Um, whenever they got a little bit of momentum, they looked they looked like they could they could stretch him, but there was just an awful lot of errors on both sides. Yeah, a lot of drop balls. Mm. It was sloppy enough. It looked it looked promising for a few phases, and then it just got a bit sloppy, and someone coughed it up, or someone forced an offload. Yeah, or so could see it was ridiculous. Could see it, yeah, he's he's so he's so important to like when Ulster moved the ball to the edge and then that first hit up then coming back against yeah. the grain is Kutsia and that gets the momentum then it opens up the whole field for him to come back and play against like when Simmons you know Sam Simmons plays the 8 for Exeter Exeter yeah he's, those kind of guys are so important in, in like, same as Billy Vonopola mm. for, for Saris and for England like they're, they're just they become like I think David Wallace was like that for Ireland from Munster years ago. Just this one guy, you're like, we'll get the ball to there and then regardless of what happens uh-huh. at this rook, the next phase, we'll go forward two metres and then we can play. Yeah, that phase off the touchline, it's a thankless task. Yeah. Typically, isn't it? Because if you, as long as you don't get smashed back, you've done a great job because mm. there's a lot of heat getting on that. Nick Williams used to be brilliant at it as well. In Just particular, for teams for te- for teams that are that are that are sort of using the touchline as an extra defender, and that they wedge, they sort of they work towards the touchline. So when they're defending you, they're letting you get the ball to the edge. So they're all going across the field, across the field, across the field towards the touchline. So then when the next phase comes back, they generally have loads of bodies, nice and set in tight, close to that rock. So the op- obviously the best option is to actually move the ball back out there again. But yeah. if you've got someone like Kutsi who can carry the ball into those bodies, tie them all up, and then it opens up the field. It's yeah. phenomenal. Kutsi got hit hard by uh, Obano, is that his name? Obano? Yeah, yeah, ben he Obano. was really good. The, the loose head. Yeah. Yeah, he was quality. Himself and Roberts, when they, were, when, they were, when they carried the ball well in the middle of the field, it opened up both sides then for Bath. But I thought Roberts was going to do some damage with uh, Billy Burns because he came down his channel two or three times mm. and I was going Billy Burns isn't going to last here mm. and then um, Roberts picked up an injury mm, <laughs> he was yeah. like down getting getting attention was, that the, was there a, a clip of <coughs> what oh, I was just thinking I was, I was confused because I was watching I rewatched games last night thinking of that Montpellier number 8 man that freak is he the guy who smashed Cardi uh, yeah, 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 the guy who just ran in and you see Cardi flying back he's yeah. like something from WWE <laughs> yeah, yeah, crazy yeah. Um, but when when Kutsia got hit hard, this is what Kutsia is like. I think a lot of big like Vermeulen's probably like this as well. It's personal to them. We talked about this a little bit. Mm. It's personal to them. They love that physical 
that that bash, mm. and then because he got kind of he tipped it on, like he got the better of Obano, but he still would have felt like he had a score to settle. Mm. I was thinking if Obano had stayed on much longer, because he's going to go after him. You yeah. know, it would yeah. be so personal mm. to him, he's and it's 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 <clears throat> obviously like defensively, you, you, teams can take advantage of that. But I was going, I don't like. From his point of view, don't anger Kutsia. Yeah, he's going to yeah. go after you now. And he's going to add whatever. <coughs> if there's extra physicality he can bring in his carry, he'll do it. Speaking From, of physicality, that Jacob Stockdale getting absolutely bashed by, who is that? Um, Rockadagoonie. yeah. yeah. Rockadagoonie was getting momentum all over the shop, man. Yeah, that was ridiculous. Yeah. Like, like 20 yards, I was like, oh God. Yeah, I struggled with the, <laughs> I just, I struggled with the pronunciation of Rockadagoonie. <laughs> what you do, right? Yeah, that was fine there, but yeah. not live. No. <laughs> and a few people text me, just go for Rocco, mate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that one. Um, I, saw, I read in the Belfast Telegraph actually today, um, that was one thing, you know, the, the scores out of 10, and then literally one sentence on an entire 80-minute performance is the most annoying thing. And someone, uh, one of the journalists at the Telegraph highlighted Jacob for, for getting um, getting bumped yeah. by Rock and Nguyen. I was going, did you see how much of a run-up he had? Did you see yeah. how physical he, he is? Mm. He did it to Cooney earlier on, he did it a couple of guys, but I was going, There's very few people who'll be expects, able to tackle that. Yeah. I think you just got to go with him in a situation like that, right? Like when you're meeting them head on and just uh, bending at the at the hips, you're just gonna go back in your heels. Or if you can kind of get him a little bit of a side on or something like that, <laughs> or just as he's coming way. at you, grab and kind of roll. Up. Yeah, just yeah. But then if he uses any kind of footwork when you've already des- <laughs> yeah. you've already made the decision that I'm gonna just, I'm just gonna soak this one, you're, you're dead, you're That's gone. True. I think he so, decided yeah. as soon as he got the ball, he's not making any footwork there. It's like if we just got good. Jacob Stockdale, stood him in the middle of the field and we drove a jeep at him as fast as we could. And we were like, come on, tackle that <laughs> yeah, jeep. Yeah. Oh. Uh, he's, back we, well, the finish, the, I mean, he made up for it with that, oh, that try save and intercept at the end. Yeah. That was phenomenal. It was, yeah, one of those, yeah. it was one of those, like, I was watching, I was, I was watching it with my old man and I was like, I don't believe, like, because I thought, like, this is going to be an unbelievable win here for Ulster, like, away from home. Like, all the injuries they had, they showed so, so much character. And then I was like, I don't believe it. I don't believe it when Mercer got the ball. And I was like, this is just going to be a simple catch pass. And just seen Stockdale just diving in. Ah. Yeah. Yeah, I was a brilliant man. Brilliant. Yeah, that was It was great. an unbelievable weekend of rugby for, for Irish rugby. Mm. It, was, it was phenomenal. Like, uh, the, I, I, watched the, I watched the Connacht game yesterday and I just thought, like, how they pulled that out, man, in the end. Because... It was phenomenal performance. I thought again, massive character. Like they, they, they didn't deserve it. You know what I mean? I think overall, by the yeah. end of the game, they they looked, they yeah. looked like they were fitter. They looked like they they were getting more and more energized. But to start off with, man, they couldn't. You know, they were struggling. Man, their catch pass was poor. You know, a lot of lot of <coughs> balls going to going to the ground. Poor kicks. And three guys pulled out. Yeah, within an hour of kickoff. And Robin Copeland, man. That dude, if there's a big occasion, he is the guy who can have a big occasion. He, mm. I think he might have had three turnovers. The turnovers, their work at the breakdown. Mm. Buckley had a had a had an incredible turnover. Bundyaki had an incredible turnover, and Robin might have had three of them. And I remember seeing him in Munster. He's literally probably the most athletic player I've ever come across in rugby. Like he's fuck his quads, man, are like enormous, and he's he can do some stuff athletically. It's- Weird that he didn't he didn't work at Munster because he, he was so well, good at Cardiff. Yeah, I think it's he, he his last year he got man in the match like last like the year before last his last year at Munster he must have got man in the match 
maybe six or seven times out of eight or nine games. Mm. He was just he was he was already gone at that stage though, right? Uh, had, I don't think he, he wasn't gone. He was he was, he was play, signed, he was, but he was signed for Connacht already at that stage. I think he was negotiating. <clears throat> he was negotiating with Munster and and with Connacht at the time, and Connacht were very keen. Um, so that's the key. Keep mm. keep Kopi on a short contract, and he is literally unplayable. Mm. But like they they haven't seen like that's the first time I'd say they really saw what he can do at the weekend. He is he is insanely powerful, mm. and what he can do athletically. Like I just I just because I know him from from coaching him. Like I just be watching. I said like I just see him hitting things, and I know how hard he's hitting things, man. It's just it's just putting it all together. Like he. That's his. That's his. Him to be able to play within within a, a game plan and structure is, is is probably the biggest challenge for him. But when it comes to being an athlete, he mm. is phenomenal. Man. For Connacht, in comparison to last week, like it looked against Leinster that they were Connacht of, of normal. It's it's side to side rugby, playing from anywhere uh, inside their own half and going mm. nowhere. At the weekend, it was cup rugby. They didn't play any rugby really in the first half at all. It was. Uh, tried to apply pressure. I thought that's what they were best. They just applied pressure on Montpellier, recognising that they're a French side come over here, mm. may not uh, travel that well, try and get the fans on top of them. And After uh, 80 minutes, they were like, oh, they, oh shit. <laughs> yeah. After 80 seconds, they've scored a try. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, I think it's it's fair. Like they, they, were just, they were just really poor against Leinster the previous week. Like mm. they, they got no momentum whatsoever. And, and to be fair, Leinster are one of the best teams at being real disciplined when they don't have the ball and making good decisions at the breakdown. And if they do go in to, to slow it down, if it's not on, they bounce out straight away. So now they've slowed the ball down. Now they've got 14 in the front line mm. or 13 in, the, in their front line. So what what did Connacht do differently for you that like that allowed them to win that game? Well, I'll, be, I'll be honest with you. I don't think Connacht or Ulster played particularly well. Yeah. Like as the game went on, Connacht got momentum, but Connacht started poorly. <clears throat> like they, you know... They'd passes going to touch, like they're, you know, poor kicks, poor game management. Like, what I love about Jack Carty is he is, he's the kind of player that if I was going to watch a rugby game, I, I was like, oh, Jack Carty's playing, yes, because he just has a go all the time. And he's so dangerous, you know, for, uh, like the break he made for Boyle's Troy, like he's, he's, he's such, he plays the moment in front of him and he can win that moment. It's just about like doing it in the right positions at times. Mm. Um, and then for Andy Friend to take him off with 15 minutes to go, uh, bring on Stephen Fitzgerald. Connor. Connor, Connor Fitzgerald. Fitzgerald. Apologies. Um, Stephen, just as a recap, Stephen Fitzgerald was turnip head. <laughs> Connor Fitzgerald is the sprout. So they're, <laughs> they're brothers, and Connor is, a, apologies, is, is Connor. another root vegetable, another member of the root vegetable family. Okay. I but mean, that's serious balls to bring, to bring him on there, and he massive yeah. impact straight away, big pass over the top. Oh, the pass, yeah, yeah, the pass, and then and then he nailed off. He had a great exit mm. and nailed the kick to win the game. I mm. thought brilliant. Have the, did you coach him in, in Munster? Uh, well, Sprout, Sprout, Sprout yeah, Sprout, Sprout, and Turniped. Uh, they were both in Munster, yeah. Both. Uh, I didn't work with with Connor a, a huge amount. He was more. He was he was in the sub academy at the time. Uh, he came up and did a few sessions with us. Great work ethic. He was playing with Shannon as well. Really, you know. Very good fundamentals in terms of his, his, his kicking game. So uh, I think it's just for those guys, the good thing is that just getting opportunity, just getting game time. And Connor could still have been there in Munster and he would have been in the mix then probably with Ben Healy, with Jake Flannery's injured, but then you mm. would have had Tyler, you would have had JJ, you would have had, I suppose, Rory as an option and, and obviously Joey. So he's down, he, you know, he's so far off. And then you see him come on then against Montpellier. 
Aaron Cruden's at 10 and, and, and he doesn't look out of place. It just it just strengthens the depth chart everywhere in Irish rugby when you've got when you've got guys getting moved. People, people see it as they get irritated saying like that, you know, provinces are poaching players, but it's just using your resources efficiently to create the to get all the best players playing at the highest level that you can in Irish rugby. And I thought I thought the Connacht game was 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 top class. I just yeah, I thought Fenga had a big game as well. Um but it was it was just Really good from Connacht, and they, and they didn't play particularly well. They just stuck in there. Like the fact that they had those turnovers kept them in the game. Like I I think I counted five. I think Kopi had three, Buckley and Aki and Fainga was 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 pretty effective as well in slowing the ball down. Like you know they were they they got busted a good few times, but they just managed to get back in. Mm. And uh, I thought it was <clears throat> was a good performance. To lose away next weekend, there'll be another there'll be a massive step up. To lose were ridiculous. Yeah, on Friday night. Yeah. What was the deal with uh, <coughs> like Jared Butler? What 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 was he injured for? What happened to him, Pat, before the game? Uh, I don't know. You know I, I could find out for you. If you could really do with a few like the likes of him back and and a couple well, more back. Yeah, like to be so short. Uh, I think like the the previous week they'd lost Gavin Thornbury. They didn't have Ulton Delan and they didn't have Quinn Rue. Like mm. there's your first three f- first three locks, and then I think they'd. They lost Gallagher at the weekend, and Maximway came on. Um, Tom Farrell, yeah, well. Farrell Daly. Daly had a good game. Daly was always was winning good, the moment yeah. in front of them. Mm. They have like that's a, to be fair. If you look at the way the World Cup has panned out, the Irish provinces are in a really good place because the English players who played in the World Cup final are coming back in drips and drabs. I know Underhill played, but most of them are going to be mentally and physically fairly spent. Whereas if you look, and the Welsh regions just seem to be taking their players and just giving them a big block and mm-hmm. saying, you just get yourselves right for, we want you back for the Six Nations. Whereas Ireland have come back, the World Cup didn't go particularly well, uh, but the players will be really, really hungry to go out and play. If you watch, like, watching the lads in Munster uh, in the Ospreys game, I thought there was massive hunger there. And I think that they're... In so, like it was, it's a Ospreys have been poor this year. They've been decimated with injuries, and then with the World Cup, they've been they've been doubly hit. But to come back and Munster to play as well as they did against them, like I thought Munster were were really really good. Mm. And Ulster, uh, sorry, Osprey, Osprey, Ospreys, Ospreys, Ospreys <laughs> have been re- very poor this year. But that's even though they got pumped, that's almost the best I've seen them. You know. Yeah, uh, it's a different mindset coming like so English the English lads and the Irish lads mm. in comparison. So England have probably had the time of their lives for most of the way through the World Cup. They started to look like the favourites, looked like they were going to be the world world champions. Disappointment at the end, obviously, but generally that phase would have been amazing to be involved in. Yeah, and then dropping down to your clubs would be tough. Whereas Ireland, I know they said it was a it was a happy camp and all, but still, mm. I'm sure there would have been an element of I'm looking forward to getting home here. And in, in the past, when things weren't going well for me or for Ireland, whenever I was involved, I always look forward to getting back back to Ulster, especially a big European fixture. Mm. So those guys would be buzzing. All the Irish guys, I think, would be just thriving in a new environment, change of it, scenery. It's literally like that. Like <clears throat> people say, you're only as good as your last game. They want to get home, and if someone says, to you know, like if I was, if someone said said to the Irish players, you've got six weeks off now, you'd be like, oh god, six weeks of just living with with you know the way that World Cup panned out. Versus getting out, playing in a European Cup game, getting a bonus point away from home, starting it and going, this is what I'm about. This is, you know, so I think Ireland have, a, and you add in the fact that 
obviously Saracens are, are all over the shop now with, with what they're fielding and with the, with the points deduction <coughs> that they're not going to prioritise Europe at all. Mm. So then I think the Irish provinces are in a really good place. I yeah. thought, I watched the, in the Leinster-Treviso game, obviously Ringrose was outrageous and yeah. Kelleher just kept adding adding on top. I, I thought Leinster, for how good they could be, how good they can be, were probably not, not, not hitting top form. Um, Treviso are a good side though. Yeah, yeah. yeah, like, yeah. And, and they've I turned the corner, haven't they? Especially the RDS. Yeah. They've got a couple of results. Yeah, yeah. winning their last year, I think, probably gave them a lot of confidence going into this weekend. Yeah. They? Uh, you know, even the statement to kick to the corner after five minutes mm. when they'd gone 5 0 down and they'd a kick to, to get just a score on the board. They kicked to the corner. I was like, what are they doing? And then mm. mauled them over, mauled them over again a second time, almost got them a couple of times at the end as well. Um, so not taking anything away from them, obviously. But no, yeah, yeah, and 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 Ian Keatley over there as well would be mm. would be a good kind of a. I think you can always build up the opposition in your head to be to make the, make make monsters out of them. You know what I mean? These guys are monsters, but but Keats would know all the Leinster players really well. He would have he would know how how Benetton are viewed. He would know you know. <clears> so him coming in and having him in there and say, listen, we can we can really have a go at these lads, mm. you know. And I think that. You know, that they're, I think Benetton, I don't think, again, I, I think the scoreline flattered them because <laughs> I felt the Bud Troy was just like probably, it was just a really poor tackle entry. Um, it just allowed him to get over the top. You could see, say the same about Sexton's try. It was just, you know, very soft tackle that just allowed him allowed him make the break. Yeah, but if you, uh, what I'm saying is like looking at the sustain, the amount of ball that Leinster had, Mm. And how they were holding onto the ball and stretching them and stretching them worse. I think it was like a, Benetton's was like a smash grab, get down. Someone, someone. Had, I think it was Andrew Porter just probably didn't get didn't get a, a clean shot in him, and Bud was mm. able to manipulate and get back over for the for the hooker five as try. They sacked them all, and it was just the fact that as they'd sacked it, then I think it was Luke McGrath was trying to kind of trying to allow for I don't know was it. Who was, who was the catch-up defender on the inside and Faiva just just ran through him, the hooker. But I thought that, you know, Leinster have a good few, another few gears to go. Mm. I thought Benetton silenced the crowd a little bit and I think whoever was, was commentating noticed that. It's like he, he found it an eerie silence around the RDS um, after 20 minutes because that crowd is quite a jovial crowd. Like, drinking oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. their goblets oh. eating grapes. <laughs> Who <laughs> have you brought phones, before us again? Shopping on their phones. <laughs> James, <laughs> James now finished them. Uh, was that, is that like, I've, I've been in dressing rooms where it's like, wow, they're in silence, the crowd. Is that something that you would have done now going down to Leinster? Is, it, is there... Yeah, yeah, but... Um, I suppose like if you go out there with your, your game plans to silence the crowd, it's it's a lot a lot easier said than done. Yeah. Um, and maybe maybe the the intent to put it in the corner when the crowd are cheering after the Leinster try, you're like, unraveling. It's not working. <laughs> they're being they're being noisy again. <laughs> What's the plan B? Spell it out to them. They're like this. Get it message onto Andrew Trimble and tell him he needs to score some fucking tries to silence the crowd. Stop shushing the crowd. Uh, maybe it was. The intent from Treviso probably was effective. Just frustrate them, I suppose. Yeah. Anthony, you know? Yeah, maybe, but we've had very little joy. <laughs> and yeah. already asked, I don't know, about Monster through the years. No, not as much no, either. Very little as well. You always play the Aviva, don't you? We never get to play the Aviva. No, 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 we played the RDS the last couple of times as well. Uh, 
the Aviva is horrible to watch the game from because when you're in the coach's box, it's just like you're, it's like you're in literally a box mm. and you can't really hear the crowd and it's like watching a game on TV. It's, you know, it's just, it's just not, not a nice way. It, it's hard to judge it. Like when, I'm in, when you're in Tomon Park, you're sitting there right amongst the crowd. You get, you get to feel the energy that the players are feeling when the crowd is interacting with them and the crowd gets behind them. When you're in the Aviva, you're just like this. I'm just in a glass box here. I'm not really sure what to do. And then on 20 minutes, you have to go and do an interview with someone and you know, this, you know, trying to get that bit done and then get back into your little glass box. But mm. the, um, yeah, well, look, I think Leinster will be, Leinster, one of Leinster's strengths is winning ugly, you know, and mm. I think it'll be, Leinster have such a strong squad and when I just see guys like Kelleher coming through, when I see guys like Deegan, I think Deegan is going to mm. be quality as well. When I see them coming through, you just start going to yourself, this is, this is really the, the strength of Irish rugby in that like, Len, like Leo Cullen and Stuart Lancaster, they don't need to go and sit down and say, right, we've got to start recruiting all these players. They just like, they're look, picking for one or two gems to drop in there, you know, like, a, like yeah. Scott Fardy did for them, like James Lowe did for them um, because they, they have a conveyor belt pushing, pushing players through all the time and just that's, that's absolutely the future. And then I suppose because the Leinster one is so strong then, other provinces will benefit, you know, when other play- when players get moved around. But I thought it was good. I thought the I, a good example of that now is Jeremy Lockman. If you go to the Munster game, and Jeremy Lockman was there behind Keane Healy, probably uh, behind Jack McGrath at the time. Bent had played a little bit of loose head, and then you would have had Peter Dooley uh, and Ed Byrne, all really, really quality players. Now I'm not saying he's behind all of those, but I think they were trying to convert him to tight head. Came down to Munster, we had we had quite a few injuries at Lucid, and he's just been he was phenomenal at the weekend. He was yeah. incredible. He was. Um, I remember watching him at Irish under twenties level, and because Liam O'Connor, Boomer, the Lucid from he's he was in Munster was 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 behind him selection wise. I remember looking and seeing seeing the stats that uh, that Jeremy was put like Jeremy had a, has like a fifty five. Inch C- CMJ, CMJ? 55, <laughs> 55 centimeter CMJ, yeah. 55 inch. <laughs> <laughs> but like he's <laughs> fly. <laughs> <laughs> he is phenomenally powerful, man. And I was That's just incredible, there. man. At the time oh, when I when I was when I was under tw- when when he was in twenties, I was there. Oh, I was like, this is just another absolute animal coming through now for Leinster. And then just lack of game time, lack of game time. He comes down to Munster, and um, you know it takes a bit of time to assimilate in there, but. Man, he was awesome. At the yeah, weekend. first twenty minutes commentating, I just—he uh, was all I, all I was talking about mm. his ability to hit and then spin and turn and just keep going again and 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 pump his legs. He was making five, ten yards every time. I was like, "Where is this fella? Get him the ball. Where's he mm. coming out?" Yeah. And then the second half, he gets that little—the ball just popped into his hands out of nowhere, and I was like, "Oh, cool!" And he just accelerates like mm. a back, like a like a. A back who 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 knows how to like accelerate space down to a T. <laughs> yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Like yeah, just accelerates. And then not only did he like he had two players outside him that he could have pulled back a pass to, or most props would just carry. He fires a twenty yard pass to the the third option, Chris Farrell, and puts it in front of him like as a thirteen. Mm. You get a ball that's just floating into your hand. So you're when you catch it, your head is up here. It's not over here. It's just like. Chris Farrell accelerates. It's a great, it's a, it's it a great, a great. Was that the same? Was that Conway's? Yeah. 
Oh, I thought yeah. it was John Ryan. No. no. Oh, that was, yeah. Larkman. It was unbelievable, man. John, really... John Ryan would want him in the feet, in the, on the team every yeah, single week, yeah, though, because yeah. he'd be getting a little bit of like, geez, John Ryan had a great game as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I did make that mistake a few times, I was, but I was giving it the other way around. Right, on the radio, no wrong answers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, but and again as you said Irish players coming back Conway's acceleration there brilliant try he was dangerous all night I thought Conor Murray was absolutely brilliant the other mm. night uh, Earl Z didn't get a huge amount to do but when he was required got a great finish to get you know he didn't score in the World Cup so it was nice to get that monkey off his back um, I did find they played a lot of game of rugby in between the the two 22s um, like the way I would have thought they would have gone out against that Ospreys team is pin them in the corner, <clears throat> put pressure on them. These mm. guys are, they're a bit, you know, what's the one I was trying to say? They're, they're, their back's against the wall. They, they're, they're easily going to be fucking mowed down if you just go after them. Whereas Monster just kind of let them ease into the game a little bit, didn't really put them to the sword early on. And I was wondering, is that them getting their game plan ready with one eye on next week, one eye on Saracens, that they got to read because lads are only coming back now and so you've got to get that structure in place as opposed to playing percentages yeah. rugby and pinning them. I don't think you'll... I don't think you'll... <clears throat> I don't think they would ever have... Like, I don't think Johan would ever have said, we're going to... Like, they'll always just try and focus on winning the game that's in front of them straight away. So they'll never say, listen, we have an eye on next week and we're going to do this and that. It's just going to be a case of when you're when you're trying to integrate all these internationals back in, that's actually difficult from the calls perspective because during the season normally they might go into national camp, they get the calls there for a little bit, you know, maybe a mini camp during, say, a mini camp for a couple of days, they come back in, they're straight back into the monster calls again. Then they might go in for November internationals, that could be four weeks. And then they come back in and you just make sure. But when, when they go away for a, an extended block like they do for a World Cup where they don't hear, they, the last time they heard monster calls was probably in May. And then they're just like, it's just all Ireland, all Ireland for, for months then from pretty much the end of June until until the, almost the end of October. And then they come back into Munster. It's a lot harder to integrate them mm. back in. So there's going to be a little bit of that. Um, and that will naturally just start to just start to get, they'll get up to speed with it. And there, there's the difficulty as well of balancing up some of the young fellas who've done well. I know Leo Cullen talked about this with mm. Leinster. Mm. You have to, you have to, Give them the credit for for sticking their hand up and winning what six out of six in the in the league. Yeah, that, that's it. The, the, the whole thing, like you said, when you come back. So if you're if you're there and you're playing with Ireland and it hasn't gone as well as you want, you don't want to go back into a into another shit fight. You know, I'm not saying the World Cup was a shit fight, but you want to go back in and feed off the positivity that's there. So yeah. as a coach, there's a balancing act where the coach says, okay, I'm going to bring back reintegrate some of these players, but I've got to reward the lads and be loyal to the guys who've put us in the position where yeah. the returning internationals are coming back into a team that's, if it's Munster that are five from six or if it's, if it's yeah. Leinster that are six mm. from six. To reward the young fellas, but at the same time, don't punish the guys. You, you, oh, you've been away with Ireland, have you? Oh, mm. Maybe you'll prioritise us in the future. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, it's, it, seems, it seems harsh as well. There's a balance, I think. What you're saying, Baz, I think I think Tyler, as the game, t towards the end of the game, he, I saw him picking off the corners, the coffin mm. corners, they call them, because you're putting teams into the into the corner and killing them. That's what was winning in the game, yeah. I mean, if they yeah. hadn't, as like, I agree, I enjoyed watching them play, I enjoyed uh, the way they went about it. They it was If they had a, a backdoor option, nine times out of ten, they were taking that sweep option out the back door, which, you know, in, in 
in over the last few years they may not like Dave Kilcoyne normally would carry in an opportunity like mm. that whereas the weekend they were going out the back door so I was enjoying that but at the same time if they hadn't gotten that bonus point at the end uh, would we be praising them for a brilliant performance because it was there was a lot of luck involved in getting that um, yeah possibly possibly it, it is something to look at like I look I think in a way when uh, an away win in Europe to start when you're integrating that many players back into the team is 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 a, is, is is great. Yeah. A bonus point win is mm. listen. You, you literally can't get get any better. So I don't think you, I don't think we'd be criticising them. I think that Munster may want to be looking to play a little bit more. Mm. Um, just just hold onto the ball a little bit more as well. Um, this season I'm I'm, I'm not 100 percent sure yet. They they've. Um, I thought they looked really good. Look, Ospreys, Ospreys are like very, very poor, mm. but that's the best I've seen them for being a poor side. So I thought there was just a lot of like I thought Munster's breakdown was excellent. <coughs> I thought they were really, really good. I thought it's kind of like that vicious, uh, I suppose, a virtuous circle because Ospreys traditionally would always try and put two players into the tackle and go high and try and go for that choke and then with a reef. So if you're so used to come, you know, to tackling high, it's very hard when someone runs at you low to stop momentum. And I felt monster every time they carried the ball. Now they had good evasion, like you were saying, and Baz, they, they had good options all the time when they were attacking, which means it's not just so I can see this guy coming, I just have to tackle him. Mm. But Ospreys struggled to stop momentum. Yeah, really did. And I know Munster got caught for a couple of high tackles. That that that. I think the discipline probably helped Ospreys a little bit, or Munster's lack of discipline. They got yeah, like 15 yeah. penalties, but. Well, CJ Standard, 23 carries with that 17 tackles, um, two turnovers. He was phenomenal, like, mm. the work rate. I think when you're there with great seeds right in the halfway line, when you're, when, you're, when you're seeing how much work that guy gets through, it's absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. And the end, there was a, a really interesting part of the end where uh, once you knew they needed it, the bonus point. If they didn't get the bonus point, this was, wasn't a disaster, but it was pretty important. And Ospreys had a scrum on Munster's line for like 76 minutes. And... Or before they got the scrum, they're picking and going and picking and going, and you're just kind of going, leave them score, because Ospreys yeah, have yeah. have nothing to. So we're just like leave them score, and then they got a scrum, and the was, scrum was being reset. Next thing you're up to seventy nine minutes, and it's like leave them score. And I asked the lads afterwards, and and the coaching box, they were like, yeah, they were trying to get the message down, like just leave them score. What a bizarre situation! Yeah, I've ever uh, been in that? Imagine being told yeah. like that when you're on the field. Like, it's like <laughs> just leave him score. You're like, oh. I, I saw an early afterwards, and he was like, "I was just going to go for the intercept." And I think if they score, they score. At least we're back down the field. Yeah. Mm. So sure enough, they scored. Wants to get back down the field, get in the field position, and you felt that's all they needed at that point mm. was to get into uh, into the twenty-two. And but it's still to throw that move to the tag burn and go off the top, and then create that quick maul, it was, yeah. it was unreal. CJ then celebrated um, by, by, by strangling, he strangled someone. <laughs> <laughs> I think, who was it? I don't know, it was the second row, was it? it was yeah, and he, uh, I think he'd given CJ a little bit of a push in the head uh, earlier on. Well, he deserved to get strangled and be pushed <laughs> <in the head. laughs> It was brilliant, though. He squirted water in my face. <laughs> ah. yeah. Marvin Ori. Marvin Ori, you won't be doing that again. <laughs> Um, uh, I tell you who's who's worth watching and who's going to get in the Welsh squad if he keeps going the way he is, is Rodri Jones, the loose head for the Ospreys, because he's demolishing scrums all yeah, season. Yeah, really? Scrum yeah, he good. was, I remember from a few years ago, I think he was, I think he was originally at the Scarlets, 
and I think he could be 120 kilos or close enough to it. And they tried to they tried to change him to tight head, and I think they had they had a view on him like coming through at national level, and I think he picked up a few injuries and didn't see him for a couple of years then. But he has started the season and he's wrecking scrums, man. He was he caused monster problems this weekend. He caused uh I watched the Leinster game, he caused Leinster problems, he caused you know, he's he's just been causing problems for everyone that I, I've seen him up against. He's mm, it's problem causer. He's, he's, a, he's, a, he's an habitual problem causer. <laughs> Uh, different game for them next weekend, obviously. Uh, Racing will present a completely different challenge, different problem. Yeah. Uh, they were pretty unreal yesterday. Um, picked a very strong team going out against uh, Saracens, who they're probably expecting to not uh, to have their full yeah. uh, deck. But we were saying on the way up, they kind of got catfished a little bit, isn't it? Like you can imagine, like, yeah, we're class, we're unreal. You're gonna, you're gonna be so impressed with us, and then you show up, and it's like, not what do you expect, Saracens? All, to all be. week, the Racing players are like, we're playing Saracens, the best team. They've got nine played nine players involved in the World Cup final. This is gonna be, this is gonna be such a challenge. And then they go out into the U arena, like, hang on a second, why is this so easy? <laughs> this is pretty easy, and like. Saracens are like sending out Nigel Ray playing at number eight. Who's there? I'm Billy Vunapola. And he's running along. They're like smashing him. They're like, man, Billy Vunapola has gone pure weak on the carry, isn't he? And then put up a high, put up a bomb. And like, let's test Liam Williams. And it's like the Saracens tea lady. And they're like, man, Liam Williams looks like a, looks like a middle-aged woman. And he's like catching the ball and running back. Liam Williams' legs are straight. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see that coming. Uh, yeah, it was. Ben Russell was ridiculous, and I find the contrast between how smooth and slick and talented he is. They called him a maverick on BT, just stepping, chipping, mm. regathering, offloading. Then you hear him being interviewed. Like, <laughs> you're like, is that the same guy? It doesn't yeah. match up. No, it does. Can't understand a word he's saying. Yeah, yeah. He yeah. reminds me of um, the singer for Texas. You know, um, Charlene Spittery. Yes. I was going to say yeah. Rapsy Nesbitt. <laughs> yes, yeah. She sounds like Rapsy Nesbitt when she talks. Does she? Yeah. Also, when she sings, she's she obviously... She sounds like Finn Russell. <laughs> <laughs> but when she talks... She sings like the way he plays. Okay. And then she just... like It's just a contrast. It's the same thing. Really? Finn Russell, I find it hilarious. That's hilarious. I've got to look up her interviews with her. Yeah. They, uh, they Yeah, Saracens. This is, again... Just looking at it like from how I would, when you finish up every year, you know, when you're when you're coach, you're kind of you're trying to take stock of what of how you went versus the the best teams out there, and you're always comparing yourself to Leinster and to Saracens, and the fact that Saracens now are no longer like the fact that Saracens seem to be just prioritising mm. the Premiership, or is it that look they're not going to lodge an appeal, so we know that they're taking it that they're they're. They're, they're going to be they're minus 34 Saris. points. They're saying Saris. Um But they're giving their English players a break, um, but they'll have potentially have them back for the for the Munster match. Yeah, Mark McCall said... Or this weekend, potentially. They, pot- they, <clears throat> potentially, they might have um, rested those guys anyway. It's kind of on, touching yeah, on what yeah, we were talking yeah. about before. So like the, you'd imagine they'd beat Ospreys, you know, if they bring back one or two more of them next weekend, they'll beat Ospreys at home, then you get them back for the, for the Munster match and... You yeah, full, I don't know. So It'll be interesting. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. Um, 
Um, Jesus, not, that's not often you no. do that. <laughs> no, well, like, I, I just, uh, like, I, <laughs> I was thinking for, I was thinking that possibly what they might just do is just, listen, we're just going to prioritise the, the the premiership and just make sure that we don't get relegated. Yeah. Um, and I suppose... But I suppose you're the, the only way to get into the Champions Cup, though, for next year <coughs> is to win it. So, I mean, uh, the if you looked at the last 10 years of the premiership and you took... 34 points off Saracens at the end of the season they'll all they'll still stay up they won't get relegated each mm. year so with that in mind you just got to back themselves that they'll that they're going to win every game per usual and then but that, that will only get them to you know at best mid table so they've got to focus on the Champions Cup to get them into the Champions Cup next year so I'd say they're just they're just not they're just not that's just not their priority they're just saying because mm. financially I think it will it will affect them a whole lot more if they were to get relegated mm. than if they don't qualify for the Champions Cup but classically Saracens would play these players every week anyway you know yeah so the and that's why they're so successful you know Owen Farrell will play every 80 minutes he gets he gets the opportunity to oh, yeah. did they not rotate quite a bit <clears throat> I thought Saracens have they a... Just, they just have an insane squad, so they can rotate. So they can say, we're not going to play Maro Atoje this weekend, but we'll play Will Skelton, we'll play George Cruz, or we'll play Nick Asigwe and we'll play George Cruz. Yeah. You know, it's, they, not, it's probably not the financial impact of not making Europe. It's more, probably more the Saracens brand. It's already been damaged, obviously, mm. with, with that stuff. But next year, if they're not playing in Europe, it would be... Well, are they allowed to play the players this year now? That they, you know, they've obviously broken the salary... Uh, yeah, this rules, is. So, yeah. I, I, this, I, I sort of my question was straight away. So, if they were in breach of the salary, they their squad is even stronger than it was the year before. So it's not like they said you take a bit of a pay cut. Um, so I don't know. I don't know. Is is, is mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. You've been guilty last year, the year before, and the year before that. This Are you guilty year, this grand. year? No, I swear. Wait <laughs> hey, a second, your backfield there has got Good, it's got Williams, and it's got Elliot Daly. They're all the like lunch, lunch lady. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's cheap, to be fair. <laughs> well, they have to pretend that that's, that's when they're catfishing teams in Europe. But yeah, but, yeah I don't know what way it's going to work, but I think that this, this year now, I think, is, is the best chance that Irish teams are going to have at winning mm. Europe. Um, Classically Irish teams after the World yeah. Cup. Uh, 2008, Munster came back. Munster players would come back from the World Cup, uh, put in a big shift and won the won the Heineken Cup. Mm. Um, same in 2011, Leinster came back. Leinster players came back and won it. Mm. So we've and in 2015 as well, did we? Uh, so you'd imagine, like with the way that each of them have played at the weekend, yeah. coming back, that they've got a. It'll be mainly it'll be mainly um, French <coughs> teams challenging. It'll be Rassen, Toulouse. And Leon, Claremont, you would have thought. Exeter mm. were the, the standard English team at the weekend. Yeah. But I think outside that, Gloucester, Poor, Bath, Poor. Yeah. Um, a lot of the teams in the Premiership, man, are just straight up, are just not, not fit enough, man. The Premiership mm. is slow. That's what I thought the big difference was at the weekend with, the, with Ulster and Bath. Yeah. It's the, the, like, do you see how much of a big deal Eddie Jones made? And, and, and anyone that's, that's not the, all the knowledgeable guys about rugby in England. Uh, when I, I went over to the House of Rugby and Mike Tindall was talking about it and he just said, like he said, the big thing now, this England team is going to be really, really fit. Which you take for granted in Ireland that the Irish team is always going to be fit, mm-hmm. no matter what it's doing. But I think the fact that the, the premiership is slower and the fact that the players, you know, it's, there's such a focus on players getting bigger, that that can generally mean that they've got quite a gap to bridge when they go mm-hmm. from premiership straight to international rugby. 
So I think the fact that they got them all together and got them so fit for the World Cup, that's why England looked so sharp. Like the people just kept saying, Billy Vonopole is so fit, he's so fit. Whereas I would never go out and say, oh, CJ Standard is going to be fit this year because he got, you know, he had a good extended mm. block in pre season with the national team. It just, you take it for granted. Classically, French teams then would be potentially not fit either. They don't put a huge emphasis on that. Mm. Um, Rassing at the weekend for Munster. Would Munster go after them with that in mind, or do they just have so much X factor that they don't even need to worry about about fitness? Uh, Rassing, yeah. We we would we would always have when we have prepared for Rassing in the past, we would be like they'd bring out Tammy Afuna, who's like hundred and forty something kilos, and you'd be like happy days because mm. Dave Kilcoyne or, or 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 one of the lads would be up against him there, and you, you you'd always back the Munster scrum against them, even though they're they're so big. You'd have a big focus on on your body height when you're carrying because, you know, if someone's bigger than you, then you can you can level that level that that advantage to have by by playing lower than them, in everything like in like if you're 140 kilos and someone is making you constantly go into breakdowns and hit the ground and get back up, it's exhausting. And the rat racing have got like, they've got a lot of really clever players who like will will manage their energy and then try and have a big moment. So that's sort of what we used to prep for when we played Racing is like, listen, they have players like Imhoff is just magic. Like you said, Russell, magic. And you, you may be doing everything right for 20, 30 minutes and next minute, boom, there's a try and you're under the sticks and you're like, what just happened? And you say, well, we knew that they have such a quality of player in their team <clears> that they could do this. So let's not panic. Let's get back. Let's get to our focus. Let's win the restart and we'll build from there. Yeah, so... Um Ulster will have to, to play to that kind of strength. So, um, talked about that that, that big racing pack. Mm. Can't go coffin corners. You can't play that sort of game against that sort of a team. Mm. You have to keep the pace up. You have to keep moving them around. I think you can go if if you find the coffin corner. If I think get... Ulster, I was going to say Ulster are the same. I know if you, but sure, like it's. I know I know they've got a, a talented backline as well, but I just think Monster need to shift. They need to shift that pack around, and I think it's the yes, same for Ulster. Yes. They need to shift Claremont around. Because if they try and um, win collisions, they're, they're going to win very yeah, few. If, the, if, the, if it gets slow, you need to keep tempo. When you get into the opposition half, you need to keep yeah. tempo. But that's where I think, so there's uh, Claremont and Racing. That's their style and it suits them. And that's the style that you'd have to play to, to get the benefit, uh, to, to progress, to do well against them. But I think that's where Toulouse are different. Toulouse in, in the second half against Gloucester, they just loved playing rugby. Mm. Throwing the ball about, keep the ball moving. Quick rocks just offloads everywhere, mm, and mm. that's why I think they can do both. They can play big and physical and direct, but they can also give it to the French backs. They're, and their back three are ridiculous. And you've still got Dupont. Is Dupont the nine? Dupont, we are in and uh, Colby to come back into that team. Mm. I think to lose our head and shoulders. Yeah, they look quality great. last yeah. year as well. Yeah. So the yeah. the um, no, you're, you're you're right. I think that. I think like the Rassing are a strange team in that like Rassing's lineout, like it, you can get at their lineout, but their defensive lineout is awesome. Like they have like with La, Lare, uh, Donica Ryan has made a huge difference to them. I physically could see the difference. The minute Donica Ryan started yeah. for them, like we, we played them. I'm just thinking. Did you see the picture of Donica uh, Zeebs put up? Mm. The reddest face you'll ever see <laughs> in your life straight after the game looked like Nadine Coyle's face. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like you see, him, you see him shouting at uh, the Sarri's hooker to throw the ball into the lineup. He's just like, Come on! Come on! Come on! Come on! 
It's like, man, you can take the, the man out of Tipperary. Uh, like, but yeah, you, he's man. really taking the Paris. He pretty much beat us, man. We went over to the U Arena. Yeah. He pretty much beat us, man, because he's just so fit. Like when we used to watch, like I think Rassing are figuring it out. Um, we used to play them and they used to pick like this huge pack, but you'd be like, you've just got all these big guys who are good for one for one to two phases, but if it goes into an extended passage, they struggle. And then they started starting Laure, the six, who's awesome in the line out. They started putting Dunnaker Ryan came in, came into the mix, and Dunnaker Ryan is like just a machine. Mm-hmm. So I think that they're they're getting a good balance there. I'm not sure if they're going to be able to put it together consistently. Like they'll be very good at home playing in the U Arena. When you play on that surface, mm-hmm. it's actually it's it's quite weird. It's like being in a nightclub and playing a game is that of rugby. La, La Defense, is that that one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the U Arena, is that what it's called? Uh, yeah. Okay. Oh, La Defense, yeah, yeah. Well, I, th- I thought it was called the U Arena, but it was, and it's, there. it's just, if you don't play on the 4G pitches regularly, that you have a disadvantage because when you play on grass, it's, the, it's attack and defense is a little bit more even. When you play on the 4G pitch, attack has a massive advantage because every time that you're running with the ground, the ground is not absorbing as much of your energy. So your horizontal momentum going into the tackle mm. is is way, way more. So like the collisions are bigger as well. So when you if you haven't played on it for a while, it, and small things like if you haven't scrummed on it, yeah. you know, that they have a big advantage. So when they go away from that and they have to play on grass, it's going to be more difficult for them. So if they're coming to Thoman Park, yeah. I think that Munster will have an advantage there. Get men, women and children screaming at them and dogs go on. shouting at them. Go on. <laughs> go on. Go on. Uh, yeah, big challenge for them going to, to Munster. Uh, and all the Irish provinces playing against French teams this weekend. Leinster away to Lyon, uh, Connacht away to Toulouse and Ulster home to Claremont. Um, yeah, we'll be back next week to look at all of those. Um, we're going to take a break now and come back with Black and White. You're listening to Baz and Andrew's House of Rugby on Joe, together with Guinness. Okay, time for Black and White. Interesting one this week. Mm-hmm. Um, so CVC have gone and bought a 27% stake in the Pro 14. Is that the pharmacy? Yep, that's it. And as a result of that, the RFU are in for a 40 million windfall. So... This week's black and white is how is the money best spent to grow the game, to make the game sustainable, to improve the quality of the game in Ireland? Who wants to go first? Uh, I think I could spend that money pretty good. Okay. Yeah. Put them on the clock, Pat. Okay. Uh, the children, somebody think of the children, give them the money, put it into the schools, uh, get them... Look, good coaches, good gear, good get them interested in the game. Uh, then uh, player welfare in Ireland. Look after them. Look after like their uh, future in the sport. Maybe um, future outside of sport. Uh, I presume. Uh, oh shit! I don't know what I'm saying. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> is it a future in the sport or the sport? Just give them the money. Just give 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 put it back into the game, mm. um, and. Uh, Build better facilities for the children. <laughs> you know, do you, ever, do you ever see that Miss South Carolina and she's uh, she, she's I, like, uh, South Africa, uh, the people of Iraq <laughs> in our world. Why'd she say? I truly believe. I truly believe. 
uh, in areas such as maps, maps for uh, the children s- in our schools. They don't have maps. <laughs> oh yeah, okay. they don't know what the geography is for the better <coughs> of our world. Baz, the bar is here. Trimby, take it away. Uh, so, in anticipation of this, uh, I did a bit of research and I discovered that CVC invested in Formula One in 2006, and since then. Um, viewing figures and the popularity of the sport has decreased rapidly because they take all this corporate money, whereas they don't care about the sport. So they might implement something similar um, um, in Ireland. So I thought they could introduce um, corporate-only facilities. So RDS is pretty much corporate-only anyway, mm. but Thoman Park's just corporate. Um, sports ground and Kingspan are just me. Th- what does that look like? Is that like prawn that sandwich, looks like, prawn sandwich yes. vending machines? Gen- that, well, uh, I'll get around. I'll get around to that, but. Initially, first of all, you don't get uh, allowed into the um, into the ground unless you have a wife who wears a fur coat, and then that's fine. Then you can get in. So it's all fur coated, um, clad wives of corporate. Oh, have to have a wife uh, or a husband. Okay, it's okay. 2019, Fla. Yeah, mm-hmm. there are husbands with fur coats out there <laughs> yeah. who, who need to be accommodated. Well, what about the animal animals? Let animal him, let, him, let him talk. Faux fur. Is that what it's called? Fufa? Yeah. Yeah. So Fufa only, obviously. Mm. Uh, And also then um, you're only allowed to consume uh, prawn sandwiches on match day. In fact, you don't get allowed into into this stand unless you've consumed one within an hour of kickoff. (laughs) So it's either breathalyze you for prawn sandwiches. (laughs) They they breathalyze for um, uh, non-prawn breath. If you've non-prawn breath, you don't get in. Mm. They have a crustacean crustacean breathalyzer. Mm. Yes, that as well. One of of those. So I think this will sort out the clientele. And this will make sure that CVC get uh, a, a significant ROI. And Irish rugby will, will struggle as a result. No one will care about so just kind of all that. See all that crap you said? No one will care about any of that. Honestly, I think like if Baz the bar was here, Trimby, the bar is even lower here. So uh-huh. Baz, I'm going to give you that I one. Catfished him. Yeah. Catfished you him. tricked yeah. me. Catfished tricked him. Him. You, you've tricked me about 10 weeks in a row now. Yeah. I cannot fool, believe you. Fool me once. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had nothing prepared for that. I can't believe you, you, you actually prepared and you, you were I didn't, worse. I didn't prepare. You are worse than what I... I didn't prepare nothing. I, yeah, that was okay. terrible. Okay, I'll take well, it. Good. I think um, black and white's a real loser here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. When, uh... Right, everybody. Thanks a million for listening. And for those of you watching on YouTube, hello, thanks for watching. Uh, please do leave us a rating and a review. It helps uh, other rugby fans find the show. Uh, cheers to everyone that was involved in organising the show today. To Pat, to Dermot, to Anthony, to Paul. This has been Baz and Andrew's House of Rugby here on Joe together with Guinness. Party on. You were listening to Baz and Andrew's House of Rugby on Joe together with Guinness. Drink responsibly. Visit drinkaware.ie for the facts.